<laughs> I love it. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. What's up, Change Journals people? I got Steve Austin with me on the other line for this Change Journals edition 019. This really wasn't planned. We just decided to do it. What's up, my brother Steve? <laughs> hey, my sister. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the last minute invite. We can, you know, you can do this kind of thing when it's your sibling. <laughs> I know. So... I've got a number of Change Journals episodes coming up with people talking about how they journal. They're incredibly popular. I love doing these interviews. I got some really cool ones coming up. You've already done yours. But last week's Change Journals, episode 18, was really a celebration of National Recovery Month. September is also Mental Health Month and Suicide Prevention Month. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. And and this week is, is Suicide Prevention Week. And you sent me this incredible resource that you have built. And it was like, it was this mystical thing. It was like God tapping on my brain and said, Tracy, you need to talk about this today. The, 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 the backstories of other people's journals It'll happen in a couple of weeks. It's awesome to have those in the can. And then when I pinged you and I said, hey, I'm going to do an episode, you said, hey, I suddenly have the day off. Well, you want to hop on a call? And I'm like, duh. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. I'm so excited. So here's the thing. When you and I talk about mental health, we're incredibly passionate about this. And you've had this wild experience. You nearly died by suicide, and I've reclimped myself as as we prayed right before we started, because I am so grateful that seven years ago, um, you failed at that. <laughs> Best failure ever, right? <laughs> so tell us just kind of a, a little bit about your story. Most of my people know you, but but for someone who's new and doesn't know you. Sure. Yeah. I, um, I tell people I was born in the baptismal, uh, been in church all my life, a little church rat. And, um, my family was there every time the doors were open in our little Southern Baptist church in our tiny, tiny rural Alabama town with one traffic light and a post office and a grocery store and a feed mill. Um, church was everything. And, I, my goodness, I, I, I was there, like I say, every time the doors were open, sang my solo, first solo in, in church when I was five, uh, vacation Bible school, youth leader in middle school and high school, went on to two years of ministry school after I graduated high school, served as a youth pastor and worship pastor um, for nearly 10 years, and I had my first panic attack. When I was in high school, I was a senior um, on a, a field trip with uh, leaders from the various county schools in the district. And we're at the 
um, Department of Human Resources. And I had my first panic attack because the director came out with these dolls that they use uh, when a child has been abused in some way. And um, I had these what I can now call a flashback. Uh, at that point, I had no idea what a flashback was. Uh, I just knew that I was I was hearing little bits and pieces of memory and seeing little flashes of, of it felt like I was having a dream and I was wide awake and my hands are sweating and I've got a knot in my stomach and my heart is racing. And I thought I'm going to have a heart attack right here at 18 and I don't even know what's going on. I'm just having these flashes of memory. And, um, that was my first panic attack. Long story short, it was 10 years before I ever got treatment because I, I grew up in a church environment where Jesus was supposed to fix everything magically overnight with a prayer of faith and a laying on of hands at the altar where miracles happen. Long, long story short, I was 29 and serving as a pastor, a husband, uh, father of a, a little one-year-old little boy, and uh, because of toxic theology, I believed I couldn't ask for help outside the church. I believed that if I if I took that magic Jesus pill and it didn't work, it was my fault because I didn't have enough faith. And uh, I felt crazy. I felt completely broken and worthless. And um, I believed that the best thing I could do for my wife and my little boy was give them permission to start over. And the only way I knew to do that was to take my own life. And so I absolutely intended to do that, took tens of thousands of over-the-counter meds and prescription drugs and um, woke up in an ICU room about 24 hours later, numb from the waist down, spent three days in an ICU hospital room and a week on a psych ward. And that is when my life started to change. So the last seven years have been... Recovery, lots of honesty, therapy, medication. Um, my wife stayed with me and, and what she said to me um, is basically this. I'm going to stay if you promise to never lie again, to tell the truth, to ask for help, to admit when you're not okay. I'm not leaving and so in that moment, she became the tangible grace of God to me. And we started a journey together of marriage counseling and individual counseling. And um, I've learned in the last seven years that God is present at altar calls and prayer benches and in the wafer and the wine and also on the therapist's couch and in that prescription I take every morning and night to keep me as quote unquote normal as possible. So I'm, I'm finding God at the intersection of faith and mental health. And it's a really, really cool journey. Are you fixed? Fixed. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> uh, I, uh, <laughs> I have so many responses to that question. But, but see, I can ask you that question because we both know it's kind of a farce, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why we're yeah. both laughing. Yeah, that's that's real cute. I uh, I will live with mental illness for the rest of my life, and I am also the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Next question. Um, I just <laughs> finished reading, kind of rereading Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, and I know you're a huge oh. Anne Lamott fan. Oh, 
Mm, and this is, this is one of the quotes I missed last time uh, from, from that book. She says, you don't always have to chop with the sword of truth. You can point with it too. Mm. Right? So look, looking back to the days and the weeks before you tried to take your own life, before you decided that your family needed a second chance and that mm-hmm. you were going to do this for them. Mm-hmm. If someone had pointed the sword of truth at you and said, dude, you're mentally ill, what would you have said? Can you look back on that and kind of play that out? Man, I probably would have fallen apart. Uh, I probably would have sobbed on the spot. You know, I'm a big crier anyway. Um, if somebody had said, you're anxious, you're depressed. I think you have PTSD. I think you're having flashbacks. I think what you're experiencing on the regular are panic attacks and God loves you right where you are. Let's get you some help. It would have changed my life. So that, that kind of, that kind of chop as it were, would have been the right thing for you then, to, oh. just a confrontation. Yeah, absolutely. I, my buddy Ed Bacon uh, preached a sermon from one of the Christmas stories, and the line says, He rules the world with truth and grace, right? And makes the nations prove the wonders of his love, all that good stuff. But truth and grace. So if someone had met me, told me the truth about where they saw me in my current state and met me with the messy grace of God at the same time. Um, oh man, it, yeah, it would have changed my life. What about, and eventually it did. Yeah. <laughs> just took a suicide attempt. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. just almost too late. Yeah. What would you say to the person who's listening right now who maybe doesn't need that sort of truth as a chop, but maybe thinks, wow, I've been angry and irritable a little longer than normal, Um, or maybe saying, I wonder if I'm depressed. What does depressed mean? What would you say to someone who just needs a sword as a pointer? Yeah, I would say that growth begins with acceptance. That you, you, I don't think you can change or heal from something that you refuse to accept. So is it always easy or comfortable or fun to say, hi, my name is Steve and I'm depressed. Hi, my name is Steve and I have anxiety. Hi, my name is Steve and I'm a victim of childhood sexual abuse. Those things are not fun to say all the time, but I had to get to a place where I accepted the truth about the things that had happened to me, some of the poor choices that I had made as a result. I had to accept that first before I could ever begin to heal from it. So number one, growth begins with acceptance. And you have, you just because it's, it's mental health month and suicide prevention week, you actually have a guide that I just downloaded a few minutes ago, which is kind of what prompted this call. Um, it's seven coping strategies that work. 
could that kind of help someone decide, first of all, maybe I should accept that I might have a problem and I need to investigate further and then think about what to do about it? Was it does this tool or any of the other things in that bundle, would they help on the road of self-discovery to decide just where they are? Yeah, I think so. The that's that that is the absolute ideal person that I created this uh, sort of getting started guide for. So I am not a doctor. I am not a mental health professional, a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, any of the above. I am just a guy who's lived through a living hell and come out on the other side and learned a few really hard lessons that can change other people's lives. And so this um, this living with depression and anxiety. Anxiety ebook. Uh, yeah, it, it will tell you what is depression? What is anxiety? How does it affect you? Um, you sort of, it just gives you the basics of that, just a very uh, surface look at, at what is anxiety in the real world? What is depression in the real world? And then immediately we start diving into some actionable strategies for coping with anxiety and or depression. Um, I think it's it's perfect for the person who says, you know, I feel more overwhelmed than I've ever felt in my life and I don't even know where to start. I don't have a psychiatrist. I don't go to counseling. I'm not on medication. All of that seems a little overwhelming to someone who's already overwhelmed. Where do I even begin? That's what this is for. And you, you've, you've got a lot of different things. If if so, and we'll have a link in the show notes so that someone can download that guide. Thank you. Um, and and that it, it, it's a great start. But there's just so much more in that, like the your your book, um, from pastor to a psych ward, which is about your journey. Yeah, and dude, I love that book. Thank it, you. It's it's such a heavy topic that takes you <laughs> pretty from, <laughs> yeah, it takes you from from the moment that you know you says you 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 made the decision mm-hmm. to along the road of recovery, yeah. But it's funny how you, <laughs> I, it's like <laughs> how, you know, I, <laughs> and isn't we, there a chapter from Lindsay in there? There is. Yeah. She yeah. sort of opens the book with, um, yeah, with her perspective and it's, uh, yeah, I think it's incredibly powerful. It, I do think it's funny in parts because I think when you can tell somebody what the end of the rope looks like, when you've been to the bottom of the barrel and like rolled around in it a little bit, yeah, there's this little piece and, and you can get unhealthy with this, but there's this piece of you that goes, I'm just going to say it like it is no more beating around the bush, no more, you know, cloaking everything in this religious Christianese language. Let's just say it like it is. Tell the truth so that we can heal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good book. And despite the heavy topic, it's a fairly quick read. Oh, Um, yeah. It's a super quick read. You can read it in a couple hours. Easy. Yeah. So there's that in the bundle. Yeah. Um. And then, and then t- walk me through the anxiety journal worksheet. Yeah, 
Yeah. So the anxiety journal worksheet uh, is something that I use regularly um, when I'm feeling anxious. So it's just a simple one page PDF download because I believe that it can be really helpful to keep a log of your thoughts, to keep a log of your feelings. So I, if I was just starting out, I would do this every day for a month, every day for a couple months. Um, and then I would take it to your sessions with your therapist, with the psychiatrist or psychologist. So you put the date, you put the time, you put what you're feeling, the thoughts that you have around it, and then what skills you used to try and self-soothe. I've just given you the whole worksheet, but that's it. It's just that simple. And then the next thing, this is intriguing. It's a depression safety plan. Is that what it, what it means? Like, I know I'm depressed and I'm going to invite the people closest to me in so that I have a plan for what to do if I'm, I, I, I may be in a place where I would consider self-harm. Is that what that is? Yeah. So it is, it's a proactive way to reduce the risk of self-harm or injury. So uh, there's a space for you to put the names of your close, trusted inner circle people and their relationship to you. And then you put their phone numbers, homes, cell, whatever. Um you also, there's a place to put the number for the crisis line, your doctor's name, your counselor's name, and their phone numbers, what preferred hospital you have, what preferred pharmacy, who's your insurance, what medications are you on? All of that. It's just really simple. It's a two-page PDF download, but it's something really important if you've struggled with self-harm or suicidal ideation in the past and you want to keep that from happening in the future. You know, that's what I what I appreciate so much about this bundle, Steve, is that that this last one is for someone who knows they're struggling, they're farther along in the, the acceptance journey, if you will. Um, so that one may not be for every person, mm-hmm. but you've got something along the progression for, for someone who's at any place along the way on their mental health journey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to hit everybody kind of where they are. If depression or anxiety or panic attacks, there's a whole download just for folks who are managing panic attacks. Um, but yeah, if if you're new to this or you're just admitting that you need help, realizing that you need help, this is a great way to just get started. And the best part is it's free. All you got to do is punch in your name and your email and download it and boom, you'll get an email every day for six days. That's awesome. I'll have a link to subscribe in the show notes before I let you go. Anything else you want to want to talk about? You know, the only other thing I just want to remind people is that the struggle is sacred. Um, There's this just beautiful story in the book of Genesis uh, about a guy named Jacob who falls asleep and he wrestles with an angel until daybreak. And when the angel realizes that he can't get the best of Jacob, he throws Jacob's hip out of joint. And the angel says, let me go, it's daybreak. And Jacob says, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And the angel says, what's your name? And he responds, Jacob. And the angel says, no longer. Your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it's Israel or God wrestler. You've wrestled with God 
and you've come through. So uh, I just want to remind you that the struggle or the wrestling is sacred, that you are not alone. You're not the only one on this mental health journey. If you're struggling with mental health and also a person of faith, it's okay. And God is present with you in this journey if you allow God to be. So keep holding on, keep wrestling, keep struggling. How lucky am I that I get to call you friend? Oh my gosh. Well, right back at you. Thank you. So we're not mental health experts. Steve's just a guy who's been there. He cares about your potential emotional pain and uh, is grateful for a second chance. And uh, that's the whole point of, of our conversation is work and uh, the resources bundle. So um, thank you, my brother. Uh, thank you. Before we wrap up, um, I just want to share with you that I have a new resource, um, and it's five things that have helped me navigate change. And it's kind of awesome, kind of proud of it. Um, it's easy to download. Reboots podcast dot com forward slash change hyphen tools. So that's it for the change journals episode 19 with my very special guest and brother, Steve Austin. We'll see you next time. I'm Tracy Winchell. <laughs>